All right, you want to grab your Bible tonight? Let's turn to Galatians chapter 5. One last time, we're on the last fruit of the Spirit. So if you're not fruitful enough, then uh, you're, you're going to get full of it tonight. So uh, tonight we're concluding our, our series on the fruit of the Spirit. I, I appreciate you all enduring with me through it, but uh, hopefully it's been helpful to you. Hopefully uh, you, you want to know what is available to you through the Holy Spirit of God. God gave you the Holy Spirit for reasons. And, and it's, it, they're beneficial reasons. We've been going over that. But here in Galatians chapter 5, let's start in verse 22. Galatians 5, 22, and you want to keep a marker here. We're going to be bouncing back and forth to Galatians at least once here tonight. Galatians 5, 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. That is, that is a, a yielding there. Let us also walk in the Spirit. Let's pray. Amen. So the final fruit of the Spirit that we're going over tonight is that of temperance. Something you don't hear a lot about anymore. You, you might think of temperance as the temperance movement way back when, whenever they did prohibition. And you think, oh, temperance, that's just not drinking alcohol. No, it's much more than that. Okay, temperance or being temperate appears only seven times in the Bible. Uh, temperance means moderation. It means particularly habitual moderation in regards to the indulgence of the natural appetites and passions. Okay, I'm going to, the, the main focus tonight to get you to understand what temperance is, and so I'm going to give you several different definitions of it because it's got a couple different applications, but I want you to understand what temperance is, and, and so you, you'll hear me say several different things about it. But basically, your body has desires. You know this. Your body has a desire to sleep or to eat or to drink or to procreate or even to... Oh, into the sinful aspects of things. Your, your flesh has a desire to sin, like to lie and to covet and to lust and all these other different things. So your body has desires, some of which are not sin, some, some of which are sin. Temperance is the ability to keep your non-sinful desires in check so that you don't overindulge in them. Okay, so that's one aspect of it, is to not let your body go too far in natural things that are not sin. Okay, eating is not a sin, but if you go too far in your desire to eat, gluttony is an overindulgence in something that's not bad. Okay, your body desires to rest, but if you spend all day lazing about doing nothing and just, just laying in bed all day, that is a sinful act. Okay, that, that is being very slothful. God did not intend and give you life and give you salvation for you to lay in bed all day. Okay, that's, that's an overindulgence in something that your body desires. Sex in and of itself is not sin whenever it's kept inside God's defined parameters. Okay, one man, one woman in a marriage relationship. Anything outside of that is a lustful desire of the flesh. So temperance is going to help us to moderate that. Temperance is having the right things in moderation. Temperance is having the wrong things like sin excluded. Okay, so, so temperance is helping us battle with what the flesh is presenting to us. All right, it is, it's helping us find the balance in the right things, and it's helping us to exclude the wrong things. 
Let's get a good Bible definition of what temperance is. I like doing that. Keep a marker, like I said, here in Galatians chapter 5, but turn to 1 Corinthians chapter number 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going we're gonna to find by one, one mention of the word temperate here, some good, good context definition of, of temperance, a Bible definition, so you're not just taking my word and the Webster's 1828 definition for it. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter number 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, we'll start in verse 24. 1 Corinthians 9, 24. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. If therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. You say, what in the world does that mean? Paul has given us an example here of a runner. Okay, he's running a race, verse, uh, verse 24. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all. Everybody's running this race. You're running your race. I'm running my race. Okay, but there's, there's a race going on here. But one receiveth the prize. So you, it's like the Olympics. I am bored to tears with the Olympics. I, I, I won't watch any of it. It's, I, I don't care. I, maybe it's because I didn't care to run in grade school because I was a fat little kid, a fat big kid. But I didn't like running and everything, and so any, any of the Olympic things, running or swimming or jumping or pole vaulting or any of those things, they bore me to tears. I'm not interested at all in them. But imagine, if you will, an Olympic event, 100 meters or whatever it is. I'm not familiar with them. Whenever you're, <laughs> but I know that athletes need to train. And I know that whenever they have an Olympic event, like the 100 meters or 500 meters, whatever it is, that they all are the best of their uh, best of their country, right? They go out there and they're competing and see who's the best in the world, who's the fastest in this, and it's a timed event, and, and they're all running. They're all running their race. Each one of them wants to get the gold medal. None of them saying, I'm running for bronze, I'm running for bronze. No, they're, they're all striving to get the best, okay? Verse 24, Know ye not that we all which... Uh, that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. One gets that gold medal. So run that ye may obtain. Okay? Notice the goal in running this race is to win. They're not running for second place. But in order for an athlete to compete and win at a high level, he must be temperate in all things. Verse 25. And every man that striveth for the mastery, being a master of it, they want to be number one. Every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. There's our word. There's temperate. That's what we're trying to understand. Uh, now, now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. So these athletes, they're trying to get that first place. They're trying to get that gold medal. The Bible says they must be temperate in all things. That means they can't take every weekend off. They can't party all night. They can't sleep in. They can't eat endless carbs. Okay, they, they need to be temperate. They need to put their body in subjection, like the Bible says. 
Okay, a serious competitive athlete has to monitor what he eats. He has to monitor what he drinks. He has to spend his. Uh, he has to monitor what he spends his time doing. Okay, he needs to get the right amount of protein in. He needs to cut out the right amount of fats. He, he needs to monitor everything that comes into his body. He needs to spend X amount of time sprinting. He needs to spend X amount of time weight training. He, he needs to spend a certain amount of time sleeping. He, what's that? He's being temperate in all things. He's monitoring what he does with his body. Okay, that's, that's what temperate is. His body cries out for rest, relaxation, and more dessert. But in order to win, his body must be kept in subjection. Verse 27. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. I'm going to come in last place here because I'm not keeping my body under subjection. Temperance is control, it's regulation and moderation of what the body wants. I'll tell you this, temperance is not self-control. The New Bible versions, they don't, they don't put temperance over there. They say that's too old-timey of a word, that's not a word that they can understand. So they put self-control for temperance back in Galatians chapter 5. Turn to Galatians chapter number 5. Say, why do you have a problem with it being self-control? Because of the self part of it. Okay? Self is what we're trying to control. All right? We're putting our body in subjection to what the Lord wants us to do with it. Everything in moderation. Everything to the amount God wants us to do it. Nothing in excess, even even if it's excess of a good thing. So we're trying through the fruit of the Spirit, which is temperance, to control the body. We're not seeking self to control the body. It's not self-control. Self is our enemy of the fruit of the Spirit. Okay, we're not going to the enemy to try to find out how to control the enemy. All right, look, let's look at our context in Galatians chapter 5. Look at verse 13. For brethren, you've been called unto liberty... Only use not liberty liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. So so we're not finding occasion to the flesh with the liberty that we're given. Let's pick things up in verse 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's, That's self. Flesh is self. Verse 17, for the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh, when you you let self rule, here's what you can get. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, sex outside of marriage. You don't know outside of some marriage being there. Fornication, there's the sexual act with no marriage involved. Uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, reveling, and such like. What's that? That is self-controlling self. That is self-controlling your flesh. Temperance is not self-control. It is God-controlled. It is spirit control of self. It's not you controlling it. Your flesh desires wicked things and excess of things that are not wicked. 
Yourself cannot control your flesh because flesh is self. In order to control self, you need God. We need to be spirit-controlled, not self-controlled. Okay? Every fruit of the Spirit is God's power working in your life when you yield yourself to God's will. Okay? Walking after the Spirit, not after the flesh. That, that's what the fruit of the Spirit is. That's what being led of the Spirit and walking in the Spirit is, is, okay, God, it doesn't matter what I want to do, whatever you want me to do, that's what I'll do. That's walking after the Spirit. The Holy Spirit guides you in a direction consistent with the Word of God. The Holy Spirit never guides you in a, in a direction contrary to the Word of God. Okay? Temperance is not you controlling your flesh, it's God controlling your flesh. Temperance is proper control of your temper. Temper, temper, ends, right? Temper is the disposition of your mind. You know what temper is? Temper is your mental and emotional status. That's what your temper is. You ever heard of someone having a calm temper? Or a hasty temper? Or a fretful temper? What's that? That's their mental and emotional disposition. Some people mouth off and they throw things when they lose their temper. I've seen many mechanics lose their temper because sometimes it can really frustrate you. And so their craftsman or their snap-on or their matco goes sitting and flying across the shop. What's that? They lost their temper. Their emotions got up high and their mental control of that got way down low. Emotions high, tempers low, flying wrenches. Okay, that's, that's what I've seen. Maybe you see other things fly. All sorts of things can fly that don't have wings. All you need is somebody that lost their temper. What happens? They become emotionally imbalanced. So in order, in order to combat that, they need temperance. Temperance. God does not want his children emotional train wrecks or flying into fits of rage. Okay, it's, it's kind of a bad testimony <laughs> whenever the Christian is the one that's always throwing a fit, that's always raging, or that's got emotions that go like this. Okay, you can have emotions. God, God is God of the emotions. God is, is God of everything. Okay, he gave you emotions in moderation. All right? The Bible says in Philippians 4, 5, it says, Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. God wants your moderation to stand out. God wants your moderation and your temperance to be able to be a good testimony to other people. He wants the Christian to be the one that's calm during the storms of life. Okay? To help us maintain this moderation and this temperance that God wants us to have. To help us with this, God get, does not give us self-help books or good advice for living. There's some of that stuff that's beneficial. That's good. Go ahead. Use it. But that's not what God gives us. God gives us the Holy Ghost, the fruit of the Spirit. He gives us temperance. He gives us the Word of God. That's, that's what God gives us. There's other helps, and I'm not saying, listen, throw away your medication if you're on medication. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is what God gives us is the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. There's other things that can help. And if you can prescribe that, then by all means, take it. I'm not a doctor. Don't throw out your pills, okay? What I'm saying is I'm, I'm telling you what God's given us. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Let's turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 
Here's what God's given us to help us with our temper and to help us to be temperate in all things. Okay? We've got to yield ourselves to God and let him control. He will give us the proper moderation. He will give us the proper balance in these different things. And in order to help us with that, he's given us the Holy Spirit. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. There's high anxiety. There's high emotions. But of power and of love and of a sound mind. Okay, so the Holy Spirit that God has given us is one of power, love, and a sound mind. Right? We're not flying off the handle. We're not angry all the time. We're not letting our emotions control us to excess. We have access to temperance through the Holy Spirit. He gives us the spirit of love, of power and of love and of a sound mind. A sound mind is not an extreme mind. You know why our world has lost its mind today? Because it has no temperance. What it does, what the world tells you to do, is you have a body, listen to it, just follow your body, follow your emotions, follow your heart. No. Follow the word of God and let the Holy Spirit moderate your emotions, your thought process, and, and your indulgences. Okay, let, let God moderate these things. What happened is back in the 60s, they had something called the sexual revolution, where they said, don't listen to God. We'll kick God out of school, out of the court system. <laughs> we'll kick prayer out of school. We don't need God anymore moderating us, tempering us. Okay, we will just let our body and our hearts be the guide. Fast forward to 2024. Now men think they're women. Women think they're cats, dogs, <laughs> They be, now there's 74 genders. What, what is that? That is an excess because people listened to the flesh instead of listened to the word of God. We've, they've had no temperance. They had no moderation. So everything is in excess. Men, men have got to look like weird women. Okay, Women have got to look like weird men. Nobody tries to look like just average ones. They've they, they got to go to excess. You know, it, It's just crazy what's happened. They lost their moderation. They have no temperance. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. God's given us the Holy Spirit to help encourage, encourage us to be temperate if we yield to Him. To encourage moderation. So we're not going to excess because excess leads to danger. Even good things, even healthy things, when done to excess, are dangerous. Food is good. Eat too much food. It's dangerous. Carbs are fantastic. Eat too much <laughs> eat too much carbs. It's dangerous. Okay? Exercise is good in moderation. Exercise too much, you have an idol. You're worshiping yourself. Okay? In moderation. Temperate. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 3. For though we walk in the flesh, that's where we're stuck, we do not war after the flesh. Uh-oh, we got another war going on. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God 
and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So not only do we have desires built into our flesh, but we have a spiritual battle going on in our mind. Okay, because why? There's, there's more than the Holy Spirit battling for our minds and battling for our emotions. We've got outside spirits also battling for our minds, battling for our emotions, and trying to encourage us to indulge the flesh. James chapter 4, verse 5 says, Do ye think that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? What's, what spirit in us is lusting to envy? That's not the Holy Spirit. That, that's our natural spirit. That's our natural th thought process, our natural emotions. How about Ephesians 2, 2? Wherein in times past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. So Ephesians 2, 2 tells us there's a spirit of this world that we used to walk in whenever all we did was listen to the flesh. Well, well now we got the Holy Spirit of God telling us to follow the things of the Spirit and to obey the Word of God, but we got so used to listening to the Spirit of the world that's been telling us to indulge in the flesh and our animalistic desires and our desires to sin, and, and so we've, we've got a battleground going on. But praise God, He's given us a Holy Spirit that is able to uh, that through the Holy Spirit we're able to bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. It's the Holy Spirit that lets us do that. It's not, if I just focus enough on myself, if I just focus enough on the right thing, then I'm going to make it happen. If you use self to focus enough, if you use self to try to temperate yourself and give yourself temperance and moder moderation, yourself cannot do it. What you need to do is say, okay, listen, God, I don't have the strength or the ability to focus on the things I need to focus on. I don't have the moderation in and of myself. I don't have the temperance in and of myself. But your word is full of the proper balance for my life. Your Holy Spirit that you've put inside of me knows exactly how temperate I should be in different things. Your Holy Spirit knows how much food I should have. Your Holy Spirit knows how angry I should be in certain things. Your Holy Spirit knows what level of kindness I'm supposed to show in different situations. Your Holy Spirit and your word know the exact balance I need to have in my life. So Lord, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to do my very best to yield myself to you and to your desires and to your will. And through that yielding, the Holy Spirit can then take control because God doesn't force you to do anything. So what you yield to him and you let him do he will get the proper balance in your life, even when that comes to your mental and emotional well-being and status. Does that make sense? It's a good thing that the Holy Spirit lives within us and is God because he has a lot to overcome. He has a lot to overcome like our flesh and the spirits that also encourage us to live after our flesh. Look at 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. As Christians, we can easily find ourselves out of balance and lacking temperance and going to extremes both emotionally, 
physically and spiritually, we can find ourselves going to extremes because we try to do things according to our own understanding and we don't consult scripture. We try to do things under our own power and we don't yield to the Holy Ghost. So whenever we are the source, we're not enjoying the fruit of the Spirit. Whenever we're relying on self and thinking, if I just get in control of my own thoughts and my own emotions and my own desires and my own lusts, if I could just steer this ship good enough myself, you're going to wreck it. Just like anything else in life. You give it over to God, and he'll do much better with it than what you can. If you say, I've got the strength, I've got the mental capacity, I've got the experience, I can drive this thing, you're going to wreck it. You're going to be out of balance. You're not going to have the temperance. You're not going to have the moderation that you will benefit from. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith. That's us. Uh, faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. We've got his righteousness. We don't have our righteousness. Verse 2, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. You know, everything you need in this life and everything you need to follow after godliness, God has given us access to. His divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Verse 4. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature. We're, we're looking for God's nature. We're not looking for our nature. Our nature follows fleshly things to excess. Our nature chases after sin. Our nature relies on self and not on God. We need the divine nature. We're looking for the nature of the Holy Spirit. We're looking for the nature that God directs us towards in godliness in His Word. Okay, that's what we're needing. We, we want the divine nature. We don't need our nature. That by these, verse 4, we might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world, there's the world, through lust, there's our body. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith, I got saved, praise the Lord, add to your faith virtue, and to your virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance. And to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and so on and so forth. God has not only called us to live a holy life, but he has equipped us to live a holy life. And we do, do so by letting the Holy Spirit moderate the levels at which we do things. I've, I've given you several definitions of temperance in this. Here's my favorite. The best definition I can give for biblical temperance is a spiritual control over a carnal appetite. We need the Holy Spirit of God. We need the holy words of God to help control. We need to give God control. We need a spiritual control over carnal appetites and desires. You say, why do we need all these things? Let me give you three ways in which temperance will help your Christian walk. I've alluded to some of these before, but we're, we're going to hit it good now. 
turn to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. Why should I desire temperance? Why should I yield my mind, my emotions, my physical activities, all the things that my body and the wrong spirits lust after? Why should I yield control of things like my mind to the Lord? Well, number one, it'll keep you from sinning. Romans chapter 6, verse number 12. Romans chapter 6, verse number 12. Let not, see we get a choice in this, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it to the, in the lusts thereof. So how do we not let sin reign in our mortal body? Verse 13, neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. All those things my body wants to do that I know is sin. But yield yourselves unto God. Not yield yourselves under better uh, programs or better thoughts or better philosophies. Yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. The answer is, is yielding ourselves, everything, unto God. That's how we're going to fight against sin. That's how we're not going to fulfill the lust of the flesh. It's yielding ourselves unto God. It's going to keep us from sin. Verse 14, for sin shall not have dominion over you. You want victory over a sin? You yield yourself to God. You want victory over a mental sin? You yield your thought life to God. Okay? You can't, you can't get victory over a thought sin by yielding yourself to worldly thoughts. Yield yourself to God and to godly thoughts and let him give you the victory over that mental sin. Verse 14, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we're not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. I know I'm saved. I can live like a liberal Christian. I can do whatever I want and live however I want because then I'm going to get to, I get to go to heaven anyway. Praise the Lord, I'm eternally secure. I can sin as much as I want. If you love the Lord right now, you can sin, you sin more than what you want. Because I, I don't want to sin at all, but I still do. If you love Jesus Christ, you sin more than you want, because you don't want to sin. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Verse 16. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey. You want to know who your master is? Who are you yielding to? Whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered unto you. Being then made free from sin, ye become the servants of righteousness. You know why your life gets cleaned up? The more you get into your Bible and the more preaching you listen to and the more obedience you get into church, you know why you, you start seeing change in yourself and in other people the more they're around the Word of God? Because they're yielding their time, they're, using, they're yielding their attention, they're yielding their mind to the things of God and God is, make, is, is getting them and producing in them righteousness. They're yielding themselves unto righteousness and not unto sin. That's why whenever you see these 
these mega churches and they, they meet once a week and it's always, you know, one service on Sunday and all they do is they come in and they, they, they hear talks about fleshly things. Here's how we could help your finances. Here's how we could help you have spice up things in your marriage. Here's how, how we can tell you, you know, we'll have our, our Mother's Day sermon and we'll have our pre-Mother's Day sermon and our post-Mother's Day sermon. And, you know, all month long we're going to tell you how to, what a great, wonderful mom you are. And then on Father's Day we're going to do the same thing for Dad. And, and we're just going to have all these talks about how wonderful and how great you are and how you need to embrace all your desires and how your sin's really not all that bad. Just feed the flesh, feed the flesh, feed the flesh. You say they're very popular because they don't tell people to follow God. They tell people to follow their flesh. And in those kind of churches, in those kind of surroundings, you see a ton of lust. You see a ton of sin. You see very little righteousness. You see no change because people are still serving sin, but now they're serving sin in the name of God. And they're not serving God in the name of God. If you're yielded to God, he's going to help keep you from sin. In James chapter 1, verse 13 and 14, I'll just give you the reference. You don't have to turn there. But in James 1, 13 and 14, the Bible says, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Do you realize God never told any man to leave his wife for that other woman? God has never made anyone lust after someone of the same sex. God has never put a desire in your flesh that goes contrary to the word of God. So whenever someone comes up and they say, well, pastor, I just believe that God wants me to, to come over here and to do this, to be in this uh, relationship. God told me it's okay shacking up with my boyfriend because, you know, I've just had this feeling of peace and of ease. God didn't give you that peace of feeling, uh, that feeling of peace and of ease. The Holy Spirit didn't tell you that. How do we know? The Holy Spirit works in conjunction with the Word of God. Okay? He never does anything contrary to the Word of God. Why? He's the one that wrote it. <laughs> okay? It's Holy Spirit inspired. It's God inspired. It's God breathed book. That's what we've got. He's not going to contradict himself to make you feel better about your sin. If what you are desiring to do is sin, then you should pray for temperance. Get scripture against that sin, pray fast, and seek godly counsel. The Holy Spirit never moves contrary to scripture. When you face sin temptation from the flesh... Turn to spiritual means to focus on the Holy Spirit and let God deal with that temptation. Don't say, all I need is more people to back me up in my sinful decision. All I need is to get, my, get around some other friends that encourage my wrong relationship, that encourage my sinful habit, and that, that just make me feel good about myself. That's the last thing you need. You need the Holy Ghost working on you. You, you need the Scripture. You need good godly preaching. You need more things of the Spirit to combat the things of the flesh. You need temperance concerning that sin. So number one, temperance will help you get rid of sin in your life. Okay, You're yielding your thoughts, your emotions, your plans, your tendency, your flesh to God and saying, God, you, you show me the balance here. And that will help you battle sin. 
Number two, if you have a tendency to overindulge in things that are not sin, like eating or sleeping or exercise or talking or working or resting, those are good things. There's time for that. There's time to rest. Don't think that because you took a vacation day that that means you're just a lazy good for nothing. Okay, that's, that's not sin. But if you're overindulging in these good things, temperance will help you with that. The Holy Spirit will help you find proper balance in all things as you prioritize things the way in which God wants them prioritized. God's really good about letting you know what he wants. And he's even written it down for us. And he lets us know the proper balance that we need to have. The Holy Spirit does a good job of making certain scriptures stand out at the right time during Bible reading. Have you ever been wondering about something like that? Like, God, I don't know if I should spend more time doing this or less time doing this. Am I prioritizing this wrong? Am I putting too much of a value on this? Am I not putting enough value on that? You know what you need to do whenever you're conflicted about the balance and the moderation that you're trying to have? Start reading your Bible. Continue reading your Bible. You should be reading your Bible every day. But it's interesting how many times God will sit there during your regular Bible reading and a verse will just pop out and it will be the answer. Oh, I guess I, guess I do need to be praying more. You know, I, I, I guess this is out of balance here. I, I guess I do need to cut back here or, or gain more here. Should I, should I be more caring in this situation? Should I show more love? Should I be a little firmer here? That's a normal prayer. It's becoming part of my normal prayer life. Lord, harden me where I'm too soft and soften me up where I'm too hard. And then look for him to show you things like that in scripture and the sermons that you hear and the lessons that we go through in church. God's really good. The Holy Spirit's good about pointing things out. He's good at highlighting stuff. The more you partake in spiritual things, the more yielded you become to the Holy Spirit and the more temperance you can have. That's going to help you find that balance. That's going to help you find that moderation and that temperance in there. So number two, if you have a tendency to overindulge in things that are not sin, the Holy Spirit will help you find balance whenever you feed the Spirit, when you walk after the Spirit, not after the flesh. God wants you, if if He wants you to have these things, He's going to help you get them. He wants you to have temperance. He wants you to have moderation. He's going to help you obtain that when you turn to Him. It's interesting. He doesn't say, okay, I want you to have temperance. I want you to have moderation. Okay, best of luck to you. No, no, no. He says, yield it to me, and I'll give it to you. I'm glad. I like it when the Lord makes less work to achieve, to achieve the goals he wants us to have. Number three here, the third application that's going to help you in your Christian walk, application of temperance. Number three, since temperance affects your temper... Holy Spirit-yielded temperance can help you keep your emotions in check. Have you, uh, I'm sure you have, you remember times in your life whenever it's been very, very hard to keep your emotions in check. Things hit you like a ton of bricks. Things explode. There's trials. There's hardship. There's surgery. There's cancer. There's death. There's financial instability loss of job, all these different things. Horrible things can happen, and the tendency is to go to extremes. The tendency is, oh, no, no, what are we going to do? Oh, we're short on money. Sell everything we've got, you know? Uh, Whatever the case may be. 
Somebody died, something happened, I'm going to cry for a week, things will never be the same, I've got to quit my job because I'm just going to mourn all the time. There's, there's tendencies to go to extremes. God doesn't say, I want you to have no emotions. Okay? Temperance simply means that we're not tossed to and fro by our lusts or emotions. A temperate Christian is not one that changes radically because of things going on around them. If, if you, you learn to yield your mind and your emotions and the, the, your moderation and this balance, you, you learn to yield that to the Holy Ghost, you'll start gaining temperance, and gaining temperance can help you from becoming an emotional train wreck when the troubles and trials in life come by. It's going to help you find that balance. Not to where you're numb to it, but to where, okay, this happened, Lord, another, another bump in the road here, Lord, I, I need your help on this. And, and he'll help you to just kind of stay calm and be like, okay, God's got this. He's seen me through worse. He's seen me through times like this before. I remember whenever he's done this, it, it's all right. And that the Holy Spirit just speaks up and says, hey, not too bad, I've got this. You've yielded it to me, haven't you? Well, if you yield it to me, it's my problem, it's not your problem. And he can help just not, not flatline you, but to just keep you from going such extremes, he can, he can make it a little, a little easier. Okay, level it out a little more. It's temperance that helps us to find that emotional stability on Jesus, our rock, and on the sure foundation of the Bible. That's why whenever you get confronted with those extremes and the things that by the world standards should make you just drop off a cliff and just, just go to emotional highs and, or depths of depravity and, and depression, whenever we get faced with things that to the world would just blow their mind that you could even keep your mind during those times, it's why during those times we've got to, as Christians, turn to Scripture and we need to turn to the Lord, and we need to pray more, we need to listen to more preaching, we need to read our Bible more, because it's during those emotional extremes that the flesh starts pulling on us and saying, see, look, look what God did. You followed God and see what happened. So now you need to come over here and you need to hit the bottle. You need to go to these drugs. You need to go to this relationship. You need to go to this extreme. And the devil and the wrong kind of spirits and your flesh use that as an opportunity to draw you away from the rock that is Jesus Christ that can give you stability in those times. And God says, listen, if you just turn to me, if you just calm down, why don't you pray about it some more? Why don't you ask other people to pray for you in this time? Why don't you turn to this psalm? Why don't you turn to this scripture? Why don't you turn to this verse? Why don't you search up some, some good preachers that you know? Why don't you listen to some of their sermons? And they, they've got a good one on this, and it'll help calm you down here. And, and God wants to give you the stability. He wants to calm your storms. And the flesh says, extremes, extremes, extremes. But if you start learning how to gain this temperance and you, you learn how to yield these things to the Lord and let the Holy Spirit give you that temperance that He has made available to each and every one of us, then the, then the seas aren't near as stormy. It's not as bad. It's temperance that helps us find that emotional stability on Jesus Christ and on the Word of God. That's why I need to turn to Him in those times of trouble. Listen, temperance is a very beneficial fruit of the Spirit. But just like any other fruit of the Spirit, you cannot benefit from it if you think that you are the power behind that fruit. 
we're not the power. We've never been the power. And the less power we try to put forth by ourselves, the more power God can produce in our life. The, the, the more of his effort we can see. But he's not going to overstep you. He's not going to fight you for control of the helm. Okay? He's not going to say, no, 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 I got this. You need to say, Lord, you've got this. You just back off and you let him have it. What do we need to do? Walk after the spirit, not after the flesh. Feed the spirit more than you indulge the flesh. And you'll see more and more the fruit of the spirit abounding in your life. You need love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. You need any of those? It comes whenever you yield to him. It comes whenever you quit drawing from your strength and you start drawing from God's strength. How do you do that? Increase your faith. Increase your knowledge and your exposure to spiritual things. That's why I'm glad that, that we have a church we can come to so often. That's why I'm glad that we've got a book without any problems in it. That's why I'm glad that we've got fellow Christians and fellow believers that love the Lord that we can call up and say, hey, pray for me on this. Do you got any advice on this? Can you give me some scripture? Because there's a lot of times... Boy, that, that especially during the hard times, scripture locations, addresses, they just flee my mind real quick. And it sure helps to have somebody that's not facing that emotional instability to call up or text and say, you got some scripture on this, I'm going through a rough time, and they give you scripture and you're like, that's exactly what I needed. That's what we need. We need some temperance, we need some fruit of the spirit because it's hard. This world's nuts. Life is hard in 2024. But you know what? God's still good. Amen. He's not knocked off track. He's, we're still right on his, his timetable. We're still going in the same direction, same speed that he knew of from the beginning. So let's, let's trust in him a little more. Let's work, on, work with him a little more and yield a little more to him.